0: So the song is uh, musically not too complex, but spiritually is so, so complex. Um, it really is, it's, it's uh, actually even lyrically,
1: it's pretty simple. It's just a couple, like two verses in a chorus, but it talks about the gospel.
0: So if you're hearing this for the first time, you need to know that God loves you. He sent His son to die for you. Um, so uh, we want to sing
1: the song over you guys um, and as, as you give. So bless you as you give.
0: Come close, listen to the story About a love more faithful than the morning. A father gave his only son just to save us. The earth was shaken in the dark. All creation felt the father's broken heart tears were filling heaven's eyes the day that true love died the day that true love died when blood and water hit the ground walls we couldn't move came crashing down we were freedom made alive the day that true love died the day that jesus died Search your heart. You know you can't deny it. Lose yourself just so you can find it. The Father gave his only son just to save us. The earth was shaking in the dark. All creation felt the father's broken heart and seeds were filled in heaven's eyes the day the true love died the day the true love died and and water hit the ground walls we couldn't move came crashing down we were freed and made alive the day the true love died the day the true Wasn't in there. <laughs> Cause Jesus is alive. 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 He rose again on high. When blood and water hit the ground, falls we couldn't came crashing down we were freedom made alive the day the true love died the day the true love died so come close Listen to the story
2: Okay, I'll talk to you later, John. You hang up first. No, you hang up first. No, you up. You... Oh! Gwen, what was that for? Now he thinks I hung up on
3: him. Come on, Carly, it's girls' night. Give John a break. What's your problem? Sorry, I'm just done with relationships.
2: You know, we really are sorry about your parents' divorce, Gwen.
3: Yeah, I know. Ella, how many colleges are you applying to? I don't even know yet.
2: Both my
4: parents want me close to home, but my two favorites are on the West Coast. And I'm not even sure if I can get into Stanford.
2: Of course you can, Ella. Hey, do either of you guys know when Kimmy's getting here?
4: Guys, guys, guess what? I just saw a robbery at the main cup. It was so cool. This guy just hopped over the counter, knocked the cashier
2: to the floor, and almost got away with the money. (laughs) Except then that cute waiter knocked
4: him out with his tray. It's the most amazing thing I ever saw.
2: Yeah, just as amazing as the time your dog found a treasure chest (laughs) in your neighbor's basement. (laughs) Oh. Or, or the time Orlando Bloom came to your house for lunch. <laughs> okay, I admit it. Orlando Bloom never actually came to my house for lunch. But someday he will. <laughs> hey, this is private.
3: I really am sorry about your parents' divorce, Gwen. <sighs> don't your parents care what you think about this? I don't know. I'm too afraid to talk about it with them. Hey, I think I have something that might help you. I doubt your magic eight fall will help me, Kimmy.
2: Not that, this. Oh, you have a Bible? Yeah, my aunt gave it to me for my birthday. Hmm. That's cool. What does it say? Oh, let's see, let's look up crappy relationships. <laughs> oh, oh, Kimmy, how about we look up something more useful, like divorce? Oh, here, listen to this. Matthew nineteen three through 9. Some Pharisees came to him to test him. They asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made the male and female, and said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother, and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they can no longer be two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces, who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman commits adultery. Well, I
3: wouldn't say my parents have been unfaithful. They just haven't been getting along lately.
2: Maybe you should mention this to your parents. Maybe it'll make them think about what's really important. Told you it would help. You know it would be helpful, finding the right
4: college.
3: Well, let's see. Let's approach it this way. Why is it so important to find the right college?
2: Well, I want a college that will put me on the right path for the future. But every college I've heard from, they all promise good
4: things, and I don't know which one to choose. Hmm.
2: Oh, listen to this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. In other words? Well, just ask God to help you find the right college, and he will. How? Well, see, God answers us through many different ways, like through prayer or consequences, or through other people who also believe in God, or just like we did now, through the Bible. Well, I never thought of it that way. So just trust God to help you, and he will. Huh. The
4: Bible really does answer everything.
2: Hey, let me see something. What are you looking for?
3: I want to know what the Bible says about the importance of telling the truth.
2: (laughs) I tell the truth most of the time.
3: Well, Proverbs 26, 28 says, A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Oh, dear.
2: (laughs) Uh, Let's try something else. (laughs) Hmm. Um, here, how about this? Ephesians 4.25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. What does that mean? Well, it says neighbors. I guess that means our friends and just everyone around us. So I guess he wants us to respect each other by telling each other the truth. But all I do is make up stories. And maybe not tell my parents about my math grade. Look, telling the truth and facing the consequences is a lot better than getting into lying and to getting to even more trouble later, Kim.
3: Yeah, and your stories are great. Just save them
2: for your creative writing class. Mm-hmm. And Kimmy, thanks for bringing that Bible over. I
4: really need to hear that verse. You're welcome.
2: You know, I wonder what the Bible says about love.
4: Let's
2: see.
1: The girls of drama. Let's give them another hand. I won't call them the drama queens, but thank you girls very much. That was excellent. You see the balloon over at the cross? And uh, that's celebrating that last week on uh, Sunday morning, Uh, one of the uh, young grade school girls, I believe she's in third grade, maybe fourth, uh... and she asked jesus to be her personal lord and savior and so she is now a child of god and began that journey and so yes give a hand a clap offering to the lord for he is good and then also you're wondering why the t-shirt pastor mike Well, it's for two reasons it's because of uh... just an hour and fifteen minutes from now or so We're having a church picnic over at Middletown Park. There's no 11 o'clock service. And if you've not signed up for the picnic, you can just go into the um, store and buy a side dish and everything else is provided and you all come at 11.30 at Middletown Park. If you don't know where it is, there are directions on the sheet that says church picnic in the lobbies. The other reason I'm wearing this t-shirt Is uh, There are three of us that are going to be in the, well I think it's more than three, uh, but going to be in the dunk tank and I didn't want to have a nice, yeah, a nice shirt on. So you get to either put me in the dunk tank or Pastor Eric Miller or Aaron O'Hara, staff person. Here's what we figured. You know, Pastor R. about raising funds for the Operation Barnabas students. I hope you're praying for those six students. But he kissed a donkey, and so did Daniel Christensen uh, a few weeks ago. Well, then some of the staff thought, well, we can get wet for Jesus and go into the dunk tank. So the courageous also stands for the theme of when we get into God's Word, that's today's theme in discipleship, getting into the Word of God on a consistent basis, When we get into it, it gives us courage, and it helps us be courageous to change and to face who we are and to also understand him. So speaking of discipleship, we're in a series where we're learning about following hard after Christ. As we follow hard after Christ, in the last few weeks, we've been learning about uh, his radical love. We've been learning about Christ's forgiveness and how we are to forgive others as he forgave us. We've learned about his teaching on guidelines or boundaries when it is appropriate to take action in helping and when it isn't. Uh, Following after Christ today will be in regard to the Word of God. Now let's uh, put the definition, please, up on the screen of discipleship and look at that together, please a lifetime relational process driven by the Holy Spirit of being conformed to the image of Christ for the sake of others and for the sake of others what in the world does that mean well what does it all mean first of all I am being conformed more and more into Christ's character not how he looks physically but how he is in his character, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And as I grow in my Christian life, I become more and more like the person of Christ in his character, and the Holy Spirit is directing it, it's guiding it, it's guiding me, and then I pass that life, that truth, that way of Jesus Christ onto other people. I pass it on to, in a relationship process, in a process uh, in, a, in a relationship setting I pass it on to my children if I have kids to my spouse if I'm married I pass it on to others that God directs into my life and I am a, either a disciple or a discipler one who trains and disciples others and so that's what it is for the sake of others see if it's just taking in, taking in then it stops with me But for the sake of others, I pass on, I pass on. I pass on the way, the life, and the truth of Jesus Christ to others. So in order either to be a disciple or be uh, discipled by Jesus, uh, excuse me, uh, to be a discipler of another one, it assumes, I believe that one of the microphones is on. Okay, I'm hearing, okay, so some of those, one of those wireless is on. Thank you very much. Okay, now that's me. <laughs> All right. To be... <laughs> you know what's really dangerous? If I go long, they could just turn me off, baby. <laughs> okay, so let's remember a lot of pressure is on the sound text to handle the multitude of things, so give them a hand of honor and respect. Thank you, Ben. So in order to be a disciple or be a person that is a discipler, it assumes that we have started a relationship that is personal with Jesus as Savior and Lord. Now please listen carefully. I'm going to review the gospel and if you're uh, one here today and you're not sure that you are trusting in Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then this may be an area where God has been working on you. God has been saying, Joe or Mary, in your, just in your heart or in your spirit, I want you to be- come to me. I want you to trust my Son as Savior and Lord. Or if you have trusted in Christ as Savior and Lord for one year or ten years, Or in my case, I prayed a prayer similar to the one I'm going to share in just a few minutes. When I was age 11, I'm now 59, so it's 48 years. So whether it's been one day, one month, or 48 years, you and I need to listen to this. Why? So that later today, when we have an opportunity to tell someone the good news, or if we're considering the good news for the first time, Here it is. I want to share this simple way in simple terms how to give your life to Christ or how to share with someone else how they can give their life to Christ as Lord and Savior. Listen. Letter A. Admit you sin and turn to God. This has been in our worship program for the last six weeks. I'm so glad it's there. We're going to put the gospel in in different wording, in different ways, Uh, in the coming weeks and months so that we are saturated with it and remembering. So letter A, admit that you and I sin and turn to God. God is holy, you and I are unholy. Admit that we sin. Letter B, believe with faith that Jesus died for you and for me. We believe that Jesus Christ died, was buried in the grave, and three days later arose from the dead. Why? For you and for me and for our sins. Letter C, call on Jesus. Call on Jesus to come into your life. How do you do that? With faith, with trust, with full dependency on Him. It's a step of trust. And it often includes a prayer similar to this. In the last, I'd say, six months, we've had a child... We've had other children, we've had, a te- we've had multiple teenagers, and we've had adults pray a prayer something like this. Listen, it's not the words that are magical, but it's the belief and trust in God and what He's done through Jesus Christ that is the key. Here's a suggested prayer. Dear God, I know that I have sinned and I ask you for your forgiveness. Thank you for loving me and sending Jesus to die on the cross and rise again from the grave to take away the penalty for my sins. Thank you for raising Jesus from the dead, proving He was God. Please come into my life. I surrender my will to you. I want to live for you and follow you in all, and follow in all your ways. Thank you for promising me eternal life in heaven with you, in Jesus' name. Amen. I prayed something like that at age 11, and I've never regretted it. If you prayed that prayer or, or prayed those thoughts, the, those uh, dependency on Christ, just recently, or maybe in the last year or two, and you've never told anyone, tell someone. Tell a family member, a friend, tell one of the pastors or a teacher here at church. And we want to begin to help you grow. And that leads us to the essence of the day. How do we begin or how do we continue to grow in our faith walk, in our relational journey with Jesus Christ? It's being grounded. It's having a firm foundation on the Word of God, the Bible. We're going to look at two all-important principles of the Word of God today. The first one is the priority of the Word. The priority of the Word. We see it in Mark chapter 1 verse 21. Jesus comes into a town with his disciples, that's the day, and they go into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath he enters the synagogue and look what he does, he begins to teach. He makes the Old Testament, that's what he was teaching, the Old Testament scriptures, a priority. The word for immediately there is at once. He didn't start talking about what scribes said about the word. He didn't start talking about what other people said about the word. He took them to the word. He got them straight there, the priority. It's the first place. It it deserves first place and first honor in your life and in my life. It was in Jesus' ministry. It must be in our lives and in our ministries. So Jesus Christ makes the word a priority. And in Matthew 5, 17, we hear the description of how he views the Old Testament. He says in 517 Matthew, I didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets. I came to fulfill them. They are a priority of my ministry. And so as we follow hard after Jesus Christ, we make the word a priority. What else? Principle number two, we have and respect the authority of the word of God. Look at that same chapter one of Mark. In verse 22, it says that the people were amazed at his teaching for he was teaching them as one having authority. That's, this is what that means, one having authority. In his very being, out of his very essence, Jesus had authority. Why was that? Why is that true? Listen to John 1, verse 1. This is why out of his very being he had authority. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So Jesus was the very living Word. How do we know that's Jesus in chapter 1, verse 1 of John? Because in verse 14, just uh, X number of sentences later, it says And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld, we saw his glory. We saw his glory of the Father. And so Jesus is the very living word. He's the very essence. Of the truth of the written word. And so when he spoke, he spoke with authority. Why? Because he was using the word of God. He wasn't quoting scribes about God. He wasn't quoting sayings about the word of God. He was saying, teaching, and reading the very word of God. And then that word of God is authority, is truth. It's the very voice of God. That's why repeatedly in the Old Testament it says thus says the Lord or the word of the Lord came to them saying it's the very voice of the person of God and Jesus depended on that authority and Jesus displayed that authority because he was the very living word of God. He is king of the universe. He is very God himself. He is very son of God. He is creator. And so when he demonstrates the authority of the word and think about it we're following hard after Christ then we need to be submitting to the very authority of the word the very voice of God when it says something we need to realize that it has rule over our lives that I am not in charge that you are not in charge but that God is in charge and his word offers life and the way and the truth. And so Jesus Christ demonstrated the priority of the word of God and the authority of the word of God. But Jesus Christ had authority in his very self in his very being. And listen carefully. In our own flesh we do not. In our own flesh that's our sin nature. We want our own way. We want to rebel against what God says to us. We want to resist it out of pride and arrogance. The culture speaks about that there are no absolutes, that all truth is relative, that you follow your truth and I'll follow my truth. And that is repeated over and over again. And the fact of absolute truth and authority of the Word of God is resisted in our culture it's resisted in so many institutions the institutions of education, the institution of politics, the institution of entertainment, the institutions of art and all of those things in our culture speak against the priority of the word and against the authority of the word and we need to do what? Submit to
0: God
1: or we will succumb to our selfish nature and the relativism of our culture. The third enemy of the authority of the Word and the very power and truth of the Word is the devil, the evil one. He tempts us. He comes, it's pictured in the Gospel account, and snatches the seed, that's the Word of God, away from our lives so it doesn't take root. What else does he do? He accuses us saying, Michael... You're a dirty child of God. In fact, you aren't even a child of God. Michael, shame on you. He's a tempter and an accuser, and he'll do that to you. So what do we need to do? Allow the Word of God to have full reign? Allow the Word of God to rule in your life and my life? We need to submit to God and His authority, to Jesus and His kingship. And we need to assi- uh, submit to the authority of the Word and to obey it. So since the Word of God is to have priority and authority, what in the world are we to do? Turn to, in your Bibles or look on the screen to 2 Timothy 2.15. 2 Timothy 2.15. The first thing we're to do in regard to the priority of the Word of God is to handle it diligently. Look at that first phrase, 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself, approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed. In the King James, for those of you who use it, it says study to show yourself approved unto God. This translation says be diligent. I think the New International Version says do your best but here's what it means. Give every earnest, diligent, continuous, intense effort to present yourselves approved to God. Handle the word diligently. Now it compares it to handling it as a workman. The workman is referring back earlier in the chapter to three types of of roles, okay? The workman of the soldier, verse 3, the workman of the athlete, verse 5, and the workman of the farmer, verse 6. And so he or she who is a soldier must have single mindedness. That's part of diligently handling the Word of God. Single mindedness with great focus. He or she who is uh, an athlete must have great courage. Great courage. Takes courage to have the discipline of the athlete. Takes courage to get into the Word daily. That's why I wore this shirt, Courageous. We're going to hear more about this movie in the fall about Courageous, but that's for another time. The third workman is the farmer. The diligent, earnest, continuous, intense effort is illustrated by the hard-working farmer. Farmer. Diligence in the word helps us to be approved versus ashamed. Approved is the picture of metal being tested and found strong. Ashamed is not our personhood being ashamed. Remember what we sang earlier and it's based on the word of God that Jesus fulfilled the wrath of God against us on the cross that he satisfied the wrath of God that was deserved toward my sins and toward your sins and so therefore Jesus or the triune God does not say shame on you like some parents and grandparents do no it's talking about our workmanship our work and if our if we are tested in our works in how we handle the word diligently or not and we're found wanting then we lose rewards and that's the context of the uh, being ashamed. Not shame on our personhood but the embarrassment of loss of reward. So, be diligent in handling the word of God. Would you please, I'm going to ask the ushers, Ahmad, and others, we, we want everyone to have a sheet. Take your bulletin. If you don't have a bulletin, raise your hand. There's a yellow sheet in there. Because what does it take to be diligent in handling the Word of God? It takes effort and takes intensity. Uh, raise your hands, please. Uh, Wes, I'm going to ask you to get a pile of bulletins. and If they don't have one, because I want everyone to have a yellow sheet. Because this is going to be part of your assignment. If we don't take something with us, we're going to lose it. And I'm not talking about the yellow sheet. I'm talking about the truth of God. If we don't take something with us and use it, we're going to lose it. Okay, that's so significant. And so whether you're a child, a teenager, or an adult, look at the side that says practical Bible memorization and study resources. Fighter verses. Oh, before we get to all these resources. Uh, The staff is reading a book, and the elders will be reading it later, about Follow Me. And it's a study of 80,000 Christians from 200 churches that was done, a survey of 80,000 Christians in 200 churches that was done about four, uh, four or five years ago. And in that, whether you're a baby Christian, a teenage Christian, or a mature Christian, in other words, whether you know Christ as Savior and you're just getting into who is Jesus Christ, or you've been walking with him and you're beginning to take steps of, of trust and dependency on him. Or you are sold out. You are all in. And you teach others the good news. And you teach other, and you're discipling others. Wherever you are, that study and survey found that the only way that those 80,000 were growing from one level to the next, and that's God's intention for us, was through hearing, reading, and reflecting on God's word. Hearing, reading, and reflecting on God's word. And so, here are some fighter verses. Those are that's a, a app or an application for a smartphone. You can also uh, get this on your uh, computer, uh, your personal computer, or your home computer, and get this it will actually give audio of the scriptures being read out loud because some of us aren't readers but we can listen to it it'll actually repeat verses over and over again and that's how we memorize it will actually give verses on how to fight against a certain besetting or sin that pulls you or me down that's fighter verses uh, Crosswalk, www.crosswalk.com uh, Pastor Dan Haffey or Dr. Dan Haffey uses that Just to get himself into the word on computer on a daily basis You might consider that Doorposts.com, another one Our daughter and son-in-law, Charlan and Peter uh, Educated Margie and me about D365 It's just another daily devotion Right on the computer, that one's for free So are Crosswalk and I think Doorposts So you don't have to pay for all of these our Daily Bread. It's just a simple booklet like this that the church provides every three months. Uh, there's some extras out on the um, uh, atrium lobby uh, table. Bible verses. Tim Hampton gave me this, and uh, I used to use one of these years ago. Type up Bible verses or hand write, write them on a business card size uh, card. Poke a hole in it and put it on a ring. If you don't like a ring in your pocket, then put it in a business card holder and you can review those verses over and over again. It's a great, great tool. You can also, uh, in fact, I'm gonna ask the ushers, not now, but at the end, to have these. We made these available, the art of family. This is for our households to pass on to children and grandchildren. Uh, discipleship truths, truths about the Word of God And I encourage you to take one from the ushers on the way out the door uh, They're from our children's ministries Bible Gateway gives resources and translations and paraphrases So that you're not just uh, getting ignorance of other people Because sometimes when people share their beliefs about God It's not even close to the truth about Him and so we need the very Word of God in a variety of translations Momentum Conference, I want to highly recommend that you consider momentum an investment there's still time, this is is a conference this is why I'm taking the time this is a conference where four to five times a day 1500 to 2000 teenagers, middle and high school youth and adults in an exciting setting in an intense Holy Spirit setting Are digging into the word Without distraction The $450 that includes transportation Is an investment And some of us drop $450 On all sorts I'll use me Hunting Golf Sports games, do resources that have to do, and none of those are wrong by the way, but if they are replacing the diligent handling of the word of God, then they become an impedance and a barrier to growth. Momentum Conference. If your middle school or high school student isn't signed up, there's still time. See Eric Miller. You see two family ones. Focus on the family and family life today. And then I wanted to get to the purple book. The purple book we discovered about a year ago through our youth pastor, Eric M- M- Miller. Eric Miller. They're teens, rock stars, rock uh, stars. Pro-athletes, students, business people using this book. It talks about sin, salvation, lordship of Christ, Holy Spirit, prayer and worship, family, how to live together as a church, dealing with conflict, leadership, spiritual hunger in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, forgiveness of sins, evangelism, and on and on and on. People are using this. I encourage you uh, check it out ask for one at the office I'm gonna begin to go through this with one of the men in our church in the coming months so what are you doing in diligently handling the Word of God the other thing that 2nd uh, 2 Timothy 2:15 15 uh, talks about and and gives is to handle the Word of God accurately we're to handle it accurately look at that last phrase uh, accurately handling the word of truth Another translation says Rightly dividing the word of truth Another says correctly handling it The word for accurately handling, handling mean, Is cutting it straight in the original language Cutting straight Now think about it Go back to those three roles The soldier He needs to cut it straight By being Or she Needs to cut it straight by being single-minded by marching and following orders. The athlete, he or she needs to cut it straight by by competing according to the rules. The farmer, he or she needs to cut it straight by doing hard work and following the seasons of planting and weeding and harvesting and all of the things of watering, etc., in between. I handle the Word of God, and I study, and you are to handle the Word of God, and you are to study so that we cut a straight line. Now listen very carefully. The standard is perfection, and that's impossible. The standard of righteousness and holiness and cutting it straight is perfection and that's impossible that's why we teach the gospel that's why we depend on Jesus Christ because He perfectly cuts it straight every time. He is the Word of God. He is cutting it straight in His personhood. He is perfection. He is God Himself. He is all holy. And so when I ask Him to be my Lord and Savior, I am forgiven of my sins, and you are forgiven of your sins, and you and I are clothed in His righteousness so that He fulfills the perfection, so that He is the perfect Lamb of God, so that He fulfills all righteousness that is powerful I, and so as I get to know him I, I get into the word I cut it straight listen I not only get to know about father son and holy spirit but I get to know my savior your savior we get to know my shepherd your shepherd we get to know the lovers of our souls real quickly moving into the end here why here's the so what why is the bible so important why is it foundational for following after Christ I want you you can write these things down but I'd I'd rather you write the verses down if you're a fast writer do both okay This this is really important Because it's not me, it's God's Word. It's where we learn God loves us. If we go outside of the Word, all we hear is cynicism, despair, and and hate. We experience that in all of those institutions I listed earlier. But in John 3.16 and John 15.7, excuse me, John 15.10, John 3.16 and John 15.10, we see... How God loves us so lavishly. He loves us so ridiculously. I say that in the positive sense of the word. He loves us in abundance. In ourselves, we believe He's a meanie and He's cruel and He's a cynic and He's hateful and He's none of that. Why else? Is it so important and foundational? The Word of God is the most important thing to give the children. Deuteronomy, write this Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. We're to pass the commands on to our children. That's the Word. When we lie down, when we rise up, when we walk by the way, we're to put it on the doorposts of our houses. It's to be demonstrated in our lifestyles. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. Why else the word of God gives light to our daily path. Psalm 119:105. The darkness of our culture can feel overwhelming, can it? You watch news, you look at watch movies, TV shows. You look at the situation in schools, in politics, in morality, and it's so dark, and we need a path for our feet that's lit. Psalm 119, 105 Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Why else? The word of God sets us free. John 8, 31 and 32. Are you tar- tired of bondage? Allow the word of God to set you free. What else? The word of God builds people up. Acts twenty thirty two. In other words, there's so much things that tear down. Our culture tears down. Our own car- our own uh, sin nature tears down. The uh, enemy Satan tears down. The word of God builds up. Acts twenty thirty two. The Word of God anchors our faith, Romans ten seventeen. Actually, it says how, uh, that faith comes by hearing, Romans ten seventeen. and hearing by the Word of God. Actually, f- the Word of God brings faith. Faith doesn't get drummed up within us. The Word of God is brings faith and give the, gives us the gift of faith, Ephesians 2, uh, 9. And then it brings reborn life to us, James 1, 18. The Word of God actually... Brings regeneration, the breath of new life from deadness to life, James 1.18, into our lives. And finally, the Word of God is powerful and living and sharper than any two-edged sword, Hebrews 4.18. It's a powerful living force, and if you could and you cannot cut between soul and spirit, that's what the rest of the verse says, and bone and marrow and uh, thoughts and intentions or motives, The word of God would be the only thing that could get through those mystical, improbable things that cannot be divided humanly. So, take the yellow sheet again, please. Got the yellow sheet? Turn over to the other side. It says, questions. These are Bible verses of what the Bible says about itself. Okay, questions. What the Bible says about itself. Here are the four questions. And this is your assignment to take home. I'd like you to read these questions to yourself or maybe as a couple or a family. That's up to you all. What what makes the Bible foundational to my life and my kids' lives? And then you read about it being authoritative. Fourth the way down. How do I know that the Bible is not just a good human-made book? That is a common, common question. And you see those answers with scripture references given there. Question number three, about three-fourths of the way down. Can I trust and depend on the Bible? Uh, Yes, I can. And there are some uh, terms and scripture. And then fourth, how can I understand the Bible? Through the Holy Spirit illuminating my mind and your mind and giving understanding. And those are the scriptures. And so we come to the end and i want us to reflect on scripture i'm going to ask uh, just for some music to be played no no verbal singing praise team come on up or jimmy however you've decided and i want you to listen to this please this is a song just the chorus of a song that was written 4 5 years ago word of god speak would you pour down like rain washing my eyes to see your majesty To be still and know that you're in this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness Word of God, speak And then a song written 150 years ago Listen to these words Just one, one verse 150 years ago Break thou the bread of life, dear Lord, to me As thou didst break the bread beside the sea beyond the sacred page I seek thee, Lord my spirit longs for thee thou living word as the praise band plays just look at these verses Psalm 119 you can put it up there please Psalm 119 verses 9 through 16 we're going to take time just to briefly meditate on those Let it wash over us. want them up on stage go ahead and have them up on stage i think they're either going to be singing or sharing verses that they learned at vacation bible school remember what i said earlier discipleship is not just for you and me to grow more in knowledge but to pass on to children like these and to the grandkids. Thank you, boys and girls. We bless you. We honor you. Let's give a clap offering of honor to these children. We're going to hear something of what they learned and did in Vacation Bible School. Oh, thank you, Isaac. You're, an, you're going to be a good student. You're observant. Uh, little guys, we don't want you up on there, okay? This could break, all right? So you stand back. Thank you. You, you stand back, please. Thank you. All right, you can turn me off now.